already day three. I was just thinking this morning, feels like it's already been a week and it's only been a couple of days. So we still have so much more coaching to do and so much work on this very, very, very important belief that you are in demand. I really want my greatest hope for you is by the end of this week that you truly understand that whether or not you have demand in your business or not right now, whether you are selling your offers out and whether you are getting, you're able to raise your prices, book your one-on-one, sell out those groups, that all of that is dependent on how you show up every day to your business with the belief I am in demand, that that is what actually creates the demand. And I will also say, I want you guys to know this very deeply, that some of you might think, okay, so I'm going to have to believe I have demand for a very long time and work really hard, and then I'll start getting clients. And I want to offer that it's twofold, right? There is the work that you will do to bring, to basically turn your light on in your business and say, hey, we're open and we have what you want and people and get the line coming, right? There's that work that you'll always be doing, but then there is also the work of just aligning yourself with the people who are already in your sphere and ready to work with you. But there's something different about you when you show up as a, as a coach in demand than when you don't. And you don't have access to selling those people that could buy right now from you this week, today, Right? Some of you are doing consults and you're not closing them. And we, we, I think it was the second person that we coached, we talked about that. Like the idea of who are you when you're getting maybes on a call. When you are a coach that's in high demand, you're going to get a lot less maybes. People understand they need to make a decision. And now is the time to make that decision because you are in demand. And there is a possibility that they may not get to work with you if they don't say yes right now. Versus when you're not in demand and you're not believing you're in demand and you're kind of convincing them and talking to them and, and you're not holding that same power and strength of if you really were in demand. If you only had one spot left and six consults, how would you do your consult? Like, listen, I have one spot left. It's this much. Just pay in full and you have to make a decision before other people do, right? Like, do you guys ever watch Million Dollar Listing? It's one of my favorite shows where they're like, listen, we've had this many offers. You have five minutes to get me an offer in writing that's higher than this price, right? And they're selling based on the demand of the market, right? I'm not saying that you use those tactics and you say those things, especially when they're not true, but I want you to figure out who you are and how you sell and how you present your offer and how you show up every day in your business when you believe that is your reality and when you treat yourself in that way, when you treat your time, when you treat your interactions with other people as if you are a in-demand coach, as if people are demanding to work with you, the way you take your time is much more seriously. You don't spend five to six hours writing an email. You're like, I'm going to write this one email and I'm going to send it out right now and it's just going out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about it. I'm not going to spend out endless hours coaching myself on it right? I'm just going to write an email. Someone asked what copy is. Copy is the words you write in your email, right? The actual words you say. Those words change when you believe you are in demand. 
They, and it may be ever so slightly, but they do change. I can read through someone's emails when they're not believing they're in demand and I can find out their thoughts. I can literally read it and see what their thoughts are based on the words they're saying, right? So I really want to challenge you to think of yourself in that way and know that there, there's going to be access to immediate yeses because of that. The energy about you shifts and changes, and then you're going to create, like everyone's always asking me about wait lists, right? It's really easy to create a wait list and know exactly, like this goes back to the first person I think I coached, Zill, right? It's so easy to figure out what to do and how to implement a wait list and to not get stuck in the like, well, what do I do? And how do you, how should I do this? And how should I do that? When you actually have a, li a line of people waiting up to work with you, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then you don't spend a lot of time in this decision fatigue and an indecision, right? So, so much, your time is just used so much more powerfully, right? And that's what we want to do here this week. That's what I do with my 200K mastermind is get the actions you're taking, the, the value you're putting out in the world, get you in your daily work performing at a higher level, not massive out energetic output. I'm saying that your brain thinks clearer, thinks more strategically, is in deeper belief, your body feels better when you sit down to work, you feel inspired, compelled, you feel um, productive, you feel purposeful, right? For me, it's purposeful. Like, I just feel purposeful. I know exactly what I'm going to do today. I know it's, I'm going to, I have it on my calendar and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do it and then I'm going to be done with work. And then I'm going to go move on to my next purpose of my day and I'm going to spend time with my family. And there's not a lot of mental, like, garbage happening in the in-between, right? All of the mental garbage, that's what sucks away your sales. That's what takes away from, that's what creates maybes. That's what creates yeses and then nos where they either don't pay or they back, or they back out after they've paid and started, right? All of that, it just makes you a little less effective for every consult, a little less effective for every sales email you write, a little less effective for every call you do with your, with your, clients or your students, whatever you call them, right? So that's what I want you to, to really see is the difference of how you behave, how you operate, what you produce, and how purposeful you are, how compelled you are when you are believing you are in demand. So we're going to do a quick exercise before we dive into the coaching. I told you that we're going to do an exercise. So I've, I've been trying to think of what I want to call this, but I want to call this the unintentional sales pitch, all right? I do this with all of my students. At every single level, it's so important that you think about this. So, and, and some of you are like a little bit like you, some of you are engaging a lot. I have a Q&A that I can see. I have it turned off for you guys because I just don't want it to be distracting, but I can see it. So you can either comment in the Q&A or you can write it on paper. It helps if I can see it because then I can address certain things, but I want you to write down and it might take you a couple seconds. That's fine. Like write them as soon as they like, just whatever thoughts come out immediately but you're gonna write down all of the thoughts you have that negate your demand or why you think people aren't demanding your offer, okay? So that could be, um, well, they're not here yet. That could be, um, you know, I, I don't know, someone um, wrote in the chat yesterday, I've been downloading the chat so I can see anything I miss after our calls. Someone said that they, think they might be priced too high. Like at what point is it just that you're not believing in your demand? And at what point do you just not have your price set right in the marketplace to create demand? 
seems like a lovely thought. It's just another thought. To, it's really just another way to say, I don't believe in my price. Like, I don't think people demand me at this price. I am in demand means I am in demand for the offer I'm selling right now at the price point that I'm selling, right? So what are the thoughts that you have? All right, my email sequence is not complete. It's not clear enough. I'm not compelling enough and they're not enough pain. My audience doesn't want coaching. I'm not making enough money. They haven't had a chance to meet me yet. My offer is nice to have. It's not life or death. Um, it's not specialized in a specific area. Okay, this is enough for me to do this exercise. Okay, are you ready? All right, I want to offer that all of these thoughts that you all think, these are just sentences that your brain offers you. I know they feel like they might be true, but I wanted you to just try on the idea that your brain is offering you a sentence that just scrolls across your brain and you're like, oh, I never thought that before, but that's probably true, right? Our brains are the worst identifiers of truth in the world. I promise you, whatever we see and how we see it, how we see our past, how we see our future, it's all wrong, right? Whatever our brain is automatically offering us. And sometimes even when it feels good, a thought could feel good and your brain offers it, but if it's not creating the result you want, it's not an, a sentence you want to keep saying to yourself, which goes back to, um, I was coaching one of the ladies um, who coaches parents of children with autism, right? She wants to stop saying the sentence, they're not here yet because it feels so crappy to her. And then she goes to create re more results that make her feel crappy when she's thinking that thought 60% of her day, right? All right, so here's, here's the deal, y'all. I, I want you to, like, hopefully by now you personally have all of your sentences. It might be more than one, okay? Whatever those sentences are that make you feel like you aren't in demand and that you cannot get a line of people waiting for your sale, for, to buy from you, waiting to um, take you up on your offer, right? Whatever that, whatever, when I say you are in demand and people are lined up waiting for you, whatever feels like, yeah, but that can't be true because all of those sentences are your unintentional sales pitch. Okay. I'm going to do this with my own. I'm going to give you, I'm going to use your sentences, but I'm going to use them as if I was pitching to you. Okay. So I want you to imagine that I'm selling you my 200K mastermind. Okay. And I want you to imagine that this is how I sell it to you. I really think you should join 200K master, Mastermind. Now, I don't really know how to say the, the persuasive words. And I'm kind of struggling in this waiting place. Um, and I know that this, this, this um, training was free. Um, and so you might not want to pay because you attended a free training. Because I, I don't think you want to spend the money. And my, and really it's 200 K is it's nice, but it's not life or death, right? Like, I think that that's probably what you think. It's just like, you need something life or death and I'm not really making enough money for you to be inspired by 200 K mastermind. You know, in fact, I'm not even sure you want coaching. I don't think it's compelling enough. You're probably not in enough pain. And I don't know if my offer is clear enough for you. I mean, for sure. My email sequence isn't complete. Um, and if too many of you want the offer, I'm going to be overwhelmed. So don't, like, not too many of you. Don't, not too many of you. Um, and, and I'm not sure if I'm doing the right things that would make you want to buy 200K. Um, and you might not be ready now. It, it could be too expensive. And really, I'm not even sure if you understand. Do you all get my drift? <laughs> Listen, here's what I do when I do this with my students. I make them come up with their whole entire paragraph and then read it as a sales pitch. 
It's like really startling when you do that. <laughs> I highly recommend all of you take time today to do your unintentional sales pitch, your exact one. That was me giving an example of a mix of all of your thoughts that you put into the chat box, okay? Now, you're not saying those words, okay? You're not saying those words, but your energy, your body language, your presence, your, the energy surrounding you, the subcontext for the words that you are saying, those are all the unintentional sales pitch. And that's actually what people pick up on. They pick up on the things you're not saying. It's less about the things you're actually saying. It's really interesting. Another exercise I do is I have my students watch their webinars if they do webinars. You don't have to do a webinar to make money. But the students who do use webinars as a method to bring in people to their, their offers, one of the things I tell them is, that, and I've talked about this on one of my podcasts, is I have them watch the webinar back. And any moments where they see that they're a little bit awkward, ask themselves what they're thinking. Reveal the sentence that was happening in their brain while they were in that moment of the webinar. That's the sentence that is revealed to your audience. There's no fake it till you make it. I promise you that. If you have any sort of fake energy around your belief and your demand, people feel it. And that's what turns them off. They don't even know what it is. They just, it, there's a level of trust that they don't feel that doesn't come up. And it just takes them out of being able to feel incredibly safe, excited, and compelled to buy your offer. So this thought of I am in demand, it changes everything about you as a person. That you are wanted so badly, right? And I want to give you an example of this. You're wanted so badly that people will do what you need them to do in order to buy from them, to buy from you. So for example... I just coached someone in Junior K Mastermind on this. She has a group program and I was coaching her on, I don't remember, some, po some part of selling it. And she was telling me that she is, she's running five groups at the same time. And she, um, I don't want to say who she coaches, but she coaches a certain group of people. She's doing five group calls at a time. And I asked her, why not just one call? Like why? And they were all like really small groups, like five to eight people. And I said, so why not just put all of them on one call? And she said, well, I mean, they, they really have to have a lot of times to, you know, because they're really busy. So, like, they need lots of times to choose from of which times they could show up. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I was like, I've, I've sold 200K Mastermind for a really long time. I never tell people the time of the call. They just have to figure it out. They have to move whatever they've got going on and be on the call. We don't tell it ahead of time. We just have to make it work. And I've never, I was thinking back, I was like, I, and I, then I asked my team, I was like, has anyone even asked about it in the last two years? And they were like, not really, no. I'm like, maybe they just want to be in the mastermind so bad that they don't care. They have the thought that they'll figure it out. And I have the thought, if you don't, someone else will. She was making all of her business decisions based on one sentence that was going into her unintentional sales pitch, which is, you're really busy. You probably don't have time to do this. I've got to offer you lots of times just to make sure you show up because you're not going to take this that seriously. And then it was their, their husbands won't take it that seriously. And then the whole family won't take it that seriously. Isn't that fascinating? And I was even thinking about this for myself because I just joined a mastermind that was very expensive. And we started with one call time a week. 
<laughs> and then they just posted that it's changed. They're like, it's a new call time on a new date. And I run a $10 million company. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. We'll make it happen. Move this that we were doing at that time every week because I'm going to be there. Because I know if I'm not there, somebody else is going to be, and I want to be there because I want to make $20 million, $30 million, right? So I'm going to figure it out and show up, right? So you don't make all of your decisions based on the people who need all the special accommodations or your imagine. really, let's just be clear, <laughs> it's your thoughts about their special accommodations, right? Like think about that. That's another great way to like have a window into do you find yourself in demand so much so that people will figure it out and do whatever they have to do in order to be able to work with you? Do you believe that? If you don't, like what are all of the accommodations or concessions you're making for people to make it easy for them to work with you instead of what actually is the best for your offer and your person and you? Right? Like we choose the best time every mastermind round that works for the most time zones that we have. Cause we have international students with people all over the world that call into our mastermind literally from every part of the world. So when we gather all those time zones, we're like, okay, what's the one that works the best for everybody? Like when, when, when can we find that? What's the best time? And that's the one we go with. Now we have a pretty good time frame, So it's typically the same every single round, but that's what we do. And it works the best for the most people. So we're not sitting there making concessions for, well, this person that says, well, I would buy, but I, I, it has to be at this time. I have to have a call at this time, right? We're like, oh, that's not going to work. That's, we don't have it at that time, right? That's what you do when you're in demand. You're not making all these little rules and then selling in your sales pitch to all of these little limiting beliefs that you imagine people have. I want to just offer they likely don't have them. And if they do, they would get over them if you didn't make a big deal about it. Right? I just want to offer that to all of you. <laughs> this is so me. I just started a group on Saturday because everyone in the group couldn't do it, do it during the week. Never again. Right? No. <laughs> Who wants to work on Saturday? You'll learn that lesson though. You'll never do it again. Next time you'll just say, this is the time we're doing it. But what do you need to believe in order to sell it so powerfully that people don't even ask you? And then if they do, they're like, okay, I'm just going to make it work. I'm just going to make it work. What if you believed everybody that you were selling to had that thought? What if you were that person? I'm that person. So it's easy for me to believe other people are going to be that person, right? My mastermind called time. It changed the, the time changed and the day changed. And I was like, we'll make it work. Someone says I feel called out. <laughs> thought I just had, Katie says, thought I just had, we have to trust that our clients will take care of themselves. Right. But it's like this deeper trust, right? They'll take care of themselves because of how bad they want to work with you because of how bad they want the result that you offer. I don't care if you offer general life coaching and you just help people feel 50% better in their life. That someone will want that bad enough. They will want to feel better, 50% better, so badly that they will pay you and they will do whatever it takes to get to work with you. They'll, they'll do your process.
I'm using again, I'm using that against myself that I can't write copy or pitch until I'm a hundred percent in belief. And then it turns me into a freeze. Okay. So this is so beautiful. I'm going to, I'm going to answer this and then we're going to dive into some live coaching. I love this, Rachel. Thank you for commenting this. Okay. It's not about being in solid belief. Everybody just stop right now and hear me. Okay. Cause I'm working on this at my level for a $30 million goal. Okay. My team was at my house yesterday. We wrote out our three-year plan. I'll teach you how to do that in 200 K as well. We wrote out our three-year plan and we looked at the numbers that it would take to get to $30 million. And I have my whiteboard in my, my dining room. So while I eat, I'm just looking at it. And like, while I'm sitting there, I like to work from my dining room and I'm like, just looking at the numbers. Okay. Here's what I'm doing. This is a huge shift. You don't need to believe a hundred percent. All you need to do is find the feeling in your body when you imagine that coming to life and being true. So when I imagine being in so much demand that I easily walk in, easily and with a lot of fun, my whole team, we walk into $30 million. When I feel that feeling, I'm just going to work on bringing that feeling up more and more and more and more often. I'm going to write with whatever thoughts I have right now, but I'm going to keep bringing that feeling up. And what's going to happen is the first time it'll take, you know, it might happen for 30 seconds and the second time it might happen for a couple minutes. And then the third time it might happen for an hour. And then the fourth time I I might be able to operate for a whole day in that emotion and I'll be able to extend it more and more and more. And the more I do that, the higher value my cycle, my action cycles will be. You don't have to believe it a hundred percent. You just have to have the feeling of if you did believe it, what would that emotion be and hold that in your body and work on that and then take action as you always would. You're still going to have some low value cycles in there. You're still going to have some time where you're writing some copy in your unintentional sales pitch, but you're not going to use that to stop you or slow you down. You're not going to focus on, I love, um, I, I think it was law of attraction, the book, the vortex. Um, I read it like, I don't know, eight years ago. But I remember her saying like the vortex is when you're in belief and it's not about being in the vortex. It's about how quickly and how less of a big deal you make it when you're out of the vortex, you just get back in it. She's like, we spend no time freaking out about being out of it. We just get back in it. That's the work y'all. And it is work. It's everyday work. This is the work that's more important than anything, any copy course you could take of how to write perfect emails. I've never done that by the way. I mean, $10 $10 million last year, never taken a copy course. No matter like everyone, someone was asking about strategy. Y'all know that strategy is a fancy word for actions, right? And I love to talk about actions all day long. I love to coach on actions all day long. And I give you all of my best actions all day long, especially if you're in my higher level masterminds or even in 2k, I give you all of the things I did, all of the actual actions I took right in every single one of my programs, talk about it all day long. But you can do all those things. And if your thoughts and your feelings are your brains all over the place, not believing you're going to do a bunch of work and exhaust yourself and burn out without actually getting any traction. Thought work isn't a little bit of it. It's everything. And if you don't think it is, it's because you've never truly experienced a shift in your thinking that has actually changed your results. That's the only reason why you think it's just something, not everything. I promise you. Okay. Are y'all ready? Let's go. 
Alejandra Hernandez. You ready? Let's go. Caroline says, the more I believe I'm in demand and feeling excited, the, mo the more I post, write emails. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but then I think maybe the more I post and write emails, the more I look despaired to people who, um, who see those emails and posts. Okay, so this is not true. One of two things is happening. You're either slipping into despair when you're writing. So you're getting really excited, but then when you go into the actual doing, you're dropping. You're not forgetting you're not paying attention to your mind anymore. And so you're dropping into despair. Either that's happening or you have a thought that the more you sell, the more desperate you look. And I want to offer, I sell all of the time. No one's ever told me I look desperate. In fact, I will tell you the number one thing when I investigate people's launches and if they're not making enough money, I always ask them how many sales emails they write. When we do a 200K opening, we're open for three days. Three days where you can apply. Three days, I send 26 sales emails. You guys aren't sending enough emails. You just have a thought about it. All right, Alejandra, are you ready? Let's go. Tell me, tell me all the things. Let's talk about demand. Oh, wait, you're on mute. Oh, okay, there you go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so I am in the midst of a launch. Perfect. And I am, I've been resonating a lot with the people that have been coming on. So, like, the biggest things is my my belief wavers based on external circumstances, meaning like, are people buying? Are people booking consults? And so right now I have a goal to have a 30K month in December. And I'm starting to feel myself get really shaky, really panicky. And it's like the, the biggest thoughts, even in the exercise you gave me are, they're not going to pay. Like clients are not going to pay. Yeah. It, it's too expensive. And like people aren't buying people aren't coming, clients are not coming. And so even as you've been um, doing, giving us the exercises in the calls, one of the things I realized last night, which was like a little bit scary for me, it was like, it was really hard for me to sink into the feeling of like, what would it be like to have a 30K month? It's like, when I sink into it, like I didn't like, um, I forgot who it was, but like that big ass smile that she got when you thought about a million, <laughs> like I didn't feel that. But then once I started thinking about like, the women in the space, then I started to kind of generate a little bit more. But um, yeah. I think I could use some help there because I'm having a hard time sinking into that feeling that would then generate that like I'm in demand. And then okay. the actions that come. So from that. for everyone that has a hard time with this, the number one thing that I think is just like, I don't know if it's the number one thing, but I think it's really important. It's just super helpful for me is the feeling that like just knowing the feeling that you're currently generating, why it's not working. Like just seeing that it's not working, right? Like we think I've got a, whatever sentence my brain offers me. So we're going to go with people aren't coming. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yes, external circumstances prove that. All right. And we think because that the external circumstances say that we have to think that sentence and we have to feel the emotion that comes with that sentence because that's reality. Right. And it seems like the safest bet is to think the sentence and feel the way that reality is teaching us. That's what our brain thinks. It's just the safest thing to do. It's the most realistic. It makes the most sense, right? But people aren't coming, right? Mm -hmm. But you've got to really see how that is not working and how that is creating more of people not coming. 
So tell me when you're thinking people aren't coming and you're in your launch, how does that feel? Like right now, how does it feel? Uh, it feels like defeating and it feels panicky. Yeah. And when you're feeling defeat and panic, tell me what happens to you. What are you doing? How are you behaving? How are you showing up in your launch? So I wrote down a lot of that um, on yesterday's. It, it was a lot of it was like, oh, I'm creating like content on, I'm creating content that isn't incredibly like valuable where it's like, Why? whoa, I, I think it's because I'm just being panicky and I'm like rushing. I'm like, I need to get things out and like more reels and things like that. So I think it's like the rush to do okay. more and work more. So I'm not, um, I'm spending more time doing more content as opposed to like, let me curate this one content that's so valuable to my ideal clients or the people that could be waiting in line. That's one of the things I do. Um, I, I worry a lot. I worry a lot. And then uh, what else did I write down that I do? Um, I worry a lot. I post on social media. When you worry a lot, how do you think that impacts people that are thinking about buying from you? When I worry a lot, how does it impact people that are thinking about buying from me? Um, I mean, I think for me, it's just like the energy that I come out with when it comes to, it, it's almost like, I feel, I feel like right now I'm speak, like I'm sharing about the, the offer that I have and it feels like it's falling on deaf ears. And so how does it impact the person that's in line? I just feel like it's kind of like, it, it, it's just kind of rolling over them. Like it's why? not really. So why do you think that? Like, what is the worry? What does it do to the words that you write? to the words that I write. Um, I think the worry has me rush and it doesn't really have me sit with curating words that I know, like speaking from my heart, I guess it would be. So I think it just like adds layers between me and my client as opposed to piercing right to them. Okay. All right. What else? What else do I do or what else do I think? Yeah. Um, how does, oh, what else do I do? Um, let's see, I, oh, and so one of the things that I started to do, like I started to get really specific is like, I'll add, I'll start adding a bunch of people on LinkedIn. So I like start adding a bunch of people, sending connections, um, you know, things like that. And then I'll, I'll like focus way more time trying to like find more connections on LinkedIn versus like anchor in and just write something to like my subscriber list or the people already in my audience. That's another thing that I do. Um, I think those were like the biggest ones, not as big. Okay. Yeah. Those are the, those are the things I wrote tell down. Tell me how you like, tell me how. Overwork. Okay. So tell me how that one, like on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe that is the reason people aren't coming? That what is the reason that I, this thought All that of I that have behavior that, that you're oh. rushing, throwing stuff out there, adding people quickly on LinkedIn, that like uh -huh. how you show up in your launch when you are thinking they're not coming on a scale of one to 10, when I, when we present it this way, uh -huh. how much do you actually believe that that is the reason people aren't coming? Oh, that's like a battle. Um, like the first number was eight. <laughs> It was eight, but then my ego was like, but you've been working so hard and like you did all these things. And like, I felt yeah. it try to like validate yeah. me and I'm like, yeah, but it, it feels like an eight. That was the first number that came to mind. Okay. You believe that's true. Like if I were not in this cycle of behavior in a launch, people would be coming. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things that resonate with me about what you're saying is like, if I get myself into, I am in demand, it's like the way that I show up my sales, um, my copy, like the words that I say mm -hmm. that really resonate with me. Cause I don't feel like I'm doing that. I'm like thinking about like all these other things that I could be doing and overworking, um, versus being like, Oh, something isn't working. But what you said yesterday, that was so powerful. It's like, it doesn't mean people aren't in line. They're in line. They just don't, it's like, I'm like a, what's it called? A speakeasy. It's like, I'm a speakeasy. They're in line, but they don't know that I'm here. So, so it's good. like, I need like, to I don't have the special key. Where's the special key? Where do I like, get What's it? the code? Right. And that, like, yeah. that's the analogy that came to mind. And I was like, oh, if it was like that, then I would just be figuring out what's going on. What am I saying that isn't working? Cause like, this is an amazing offer. So I think that's wow. where I'm like trying to fill the gaps. Yeah. So good. And you might be interacting with them, right? Like, it's interesting that when you think they're not buying, you go out and try to find new people instead of interacting mm. with the people you have and figuring out what are they thinking? What oh, do they need to hear? Like yeah. figuring out a clever way to get them to tell you. Mm, that is so true. And, and I actually had that thought yesterday, Stacey, for like a quick, like a little blurb. I was like, well, why aren't they? Like, how could I figure out? And then I just went, I just rolled over that. I just bulldozed over that and was like, add more people, add more people. Yeah. <laughs> and I want you to even like your homework after this is to even think about if I'm trying to get that information from them, there's a difference of how I get it when I'm calm and believing I'm in demand versus when I'm frantic and desperate or in defeat and panic. That's what you said, defeat and mm -hmm. panic and trying to get that information from them. Yeah. Right? And I want you to even figure out what the difference there is. Now, listen, for some of you listening, I want to offer that what she said, so she's creating content, rushing to get things out, worrying a lot, and adding a bunch of people. I want to offer, I teach a concept in 200K called overselling. And... The simplest way to talk about that is I'm always selling 200K, not just for the current round, but all future rounds. So if I have seven spots available for 200K, I'm going to sell like I have 200 spots available because I want those spots to be filled this round, next round, the round after. So I'm always wanting to bring people in and nurture them, right? So overselling is just nurturing people. There's the people that are going to buy now. And then your sales, when you're launching, there are people that will come in and find you for the first time in a launch. They, some of them will buy right away and some of them won't, but their first introduction will set them on the path to buying from you. So you're always thinking every time I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm bringing new people in and I'm nurturing current people. And some of those new people and current people are going to buy and some of them will buy in the future. But I'm always thinking about that. I'm always thinking about just bringing people in and I'm doing that between my sales cycles too. I'm thinking about the people who need three months to get ready to buy. So I'm going to keep dripping out things for them and keep giving them content, right? And so I want to offer that if you were overselling because you were in a place of demand, meaning you were showing up to nurture the hell out of people, even if they weren't ready to buy from you right now, because you were playing the long game, right? Some of the work in your action line might be the same. You're going to get a lot of content out. You're going to add a bunch of people on Instagram. You're going to bring as many new people into that launch as you possibly can. But the difference will be, it was when I was coaching Dr. Kimmy, right? The difference of hustling versus working hard. 
Yeah. And it's all in how you feel and how you experience it. And when you experience it in a way that it feels good to you, it's more likely going to get responses from other people. Yeah. So something I'm realizing right now is because I don't believe that I am in demand, I have selling be something where it's like, okay, I have this launch. I'm going to sell, 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 sell. And it's that burnout. And then afterwards, like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. And then it's like, I'm chilling for a while. And then it's like, oh, it's time to sell. And it's like this vicious cycle. But versus like, if I really believe that people were in demand, it's like, I would like consistently be selling because there are people in line who want this kind of help. Right. So imagine like, listen, oh, okay. This is another way to think about overselling is you've got your line of people out the door. Okay. When you're launching, you're opening the door and you have a, a max number of people that you can let in, right? Let's say it's 20 and you let them in and you're like, it's like a, or a club, right? And they're like, the rope closes and they're like, sorry, we're at capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. So in between launches, when you're believing you're in demand, you're like going out there and offering them hot cocoa. You're going out there and seeing if they need a seat. You're going out there and talking to them about how amazing the club is. And like, as soon as they're able to get in, they're going to have so much fun. Like, don't you worry. You don't want to get out of this line because you're going to miss your spot. Mm. Once you get in, it's everything. And don't worry, someone's about to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, you're talking to them. You're caring for them. Right. And here's what happens for all of you that are like, are, feel so exhausted by your selling. When you have beliefs that support the actions you're taking and hold them up and the actions you're taking feel good. You don't have to recover from your launches. Your launches just don't take as much energy. So what happens is then you're able to steadily nurture your people all of the time. And then there's just a slight increase when you're in a launch, but it's not taking you so high that you've got to come really far back down. Yeah. Right. It's not like, it's more like, right. They're like little dips, like little bitty ones. Right. And so you're able to talk to them all of the time. And then what happens is you get more people waiting, right? You got to like be increasing the line while there's still a rope up. Like, hey, guys, just so you know, you want to get in line. This is the best club in town. Hey, guys, over there, you want to be here. It's the best club in town. Get in line. It's not going to get any shorter, right? Like that kind of mentality. That happens when you're managing your mind. So the thing I want to offer for you is we know that thinking the sentence people aren't coming doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We've proved it right here, right? Yeah. Like we know it just doesn't work. It's not effective. So we should probably stop saying it, whether it's true or not. Yeah. Like you guys don't have to fight with whether it's true or not and believing things that aren't true or just don't even fight with it. Just say this sentence isn't working for me. So I'm going to stop saying it, whether it's true or not. And then I'm going to start saying a different sentence, whether it's true or not, because it feels differently for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you could just believe just because even if there weren't people out the door. Yeah. I think that's for me what's like. Like I have a hard time being like, yeah, that I can do that. I can do that and like sink into the feeling. So like the first thought that comes up for me that I could maybe be reachable is like there are people that want this offer. It's just yeah. like starting there. It's like there are people and, and that feels like something I can reach into. And I think anchoring into the feeling is something that like I struggle with. So it's like finding something that really anchors into a feeling to drive me forward. Yeah. 
is like but where... just know that when you do that what you're doing is you're trying to find some sort of physical reality evidence to support the thought so that you can believe it so that you can feel it in your body so it's how a long way to go around yeah yeah i think that's you imagine how many people do you want to sell on this launch i want seven more people in my group and i have and one more for a one-on-one okay let's just go with seven more people Okay. I want you to just think about that being done. It's not done yet, but like when you imagine it being done, how's it going to feel? I think for me, like the best feeling I get is like being on the call. Yeah. With the people. And like yeah. that feels like the word that came up is like invigorating. Like it feels Ooh, like so good. Yeah. Ener- like this, like kind of like a lightning bolt. It feels very energizing. Yeah when I think about okay the women so the that's the feeling you bring up you bring it up for you not for sales not to create demand for you because your experience of your work will be so much more fun when it's invigorating and there's a lightning bolt going through you yes like you know you can do it because you just did it yeah <laughs> now yeah. your brain might want to offer for all of you watching right your brain might want to offer but but and then all the reasons that's mm-hmm. fine and you just let that go and then you just try again and you get back in it you can yeah. do it because you just did it didn't you mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. so you know how to do it you have to take that from five seconds to five minutes you have to keep finding that all of the time. That is the work. Gotcha. Okay. It's the muscle. Okay. Yeah. It's just like lifting weights. You guys, when you have a new sentence, like I am in demand, you cannot go into the gym and expect to just lift a 50 pound weight that says that's I'm in demand. All right. <laughs> first time around, you got to start with like cans. Not even a two-pound weight. You got to pick up a soup can. But what if you really believed it's like lifting weights? That's the only way. If you want to lift fifty pounds, you have to start with a soup can. If you've never lifted anything, right? And then you go to two pounds, and then you go to five pounds, right? If you, but I think it's just like the world. We accept that that's the reality for lifting weights, right? Yeah. It's the same with beliefs. We just haven't accepted it. Yeah. And so it's like, why can't I lift this 50 pound weight? Right. Something is wrong. <laughs> right. I'm not doing, yeah. Okay. Why can't I hold it my entire launch first time <laughs> around? Do it perfectly. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you guys are still going to make more money than you're making now when you're, when you're just starting with the soup can. You're going to have better results, even if it's just the soup can. It's better than not lifting them at all. We already know what that produces. Yeah. Right? So, like, let's try something new. Mm-hmm. And let's be willing to stick with it. And here's what happens. You do it once, it's going to get easier and easier and easier. The next sentence, you'll be able to start with a five-pound weight instead of the soup can. And then the next sentence you want to believe, you'll be able to start with a 10 or a 15. Yeah. Right? Like at the place where I'm at in my business at $10 million, keep in mind I've made money all along the way, 
there are times where I can pick up a new belief and hold it and keep it and just move on. It's there. Move I can on. just grab it and believe it immediately. Or it takes me like a day or a week and then I'm moving on to something new. Right? It gets faster and faster and faster. You have to be willing to do it. And the, I think the easiest way to do that is to recognize that it's not working the other way. Mm-hmm. To see how you behave. And the, the thing for all of you to ask yourself is just do you enjoy it? We all became entrepreneurs because we want to enjoy our work. Yeah. So we got to find a way to enjoy it. For sure. Okay. So you're going to bring up invigorating. Invigorating and find a creative way, like in that place, find a creative way to learn from the people in my audience. Like, what is it? Maybe. Because you also just haven't tried writing copy and selling from invigorating yet. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've only tried from defeat and panic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like the part of the, that's why I loved yesterday so much where it's like, if people aren't buying just like problem solving, because when I started and I wrote the copy for the website and stuff, I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Like I was just so excited. Yeah. And now I'm like, what the, and then it's like this feeling of entitlement where it's like, yeah. Man, why aren't people buying? Like, it's just like that. And versus like, oh, there's a line of people. I'm a speakeasy. They just don't see the sign yet. I need to figure out how to like rewrite this so that people know. Yeah. Listen, maybe you guys need to think about this because I do think that this happens a lot where you guys feel entitled to sales once you've like finally hit your numbers and you've gotten to a certain place. And then you're like, okay, it should just be easier once I sell them to keep selling them. And the way that I want you to think about it is It's like the line outside the door, right? Where you're like taking care of them. You always have to take care of them no matter how good you are. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's just a thing you have to do is take care of the people. So selling is taking care of the people. Meeting all of their needs. No matter how good you are. Right? So like for me, I don't have to sell any less every single time I sell anything. 2K, 200K, $2 million group, doesn't matter. I have to put the same level of effort into it every single time. And I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the one of taking care of the people that really, that hits home for me. I think that one's going to stick. Okay, good. Uh, Thank you. You're so welcome. Go get those seven people. (laughs) All right. Who's next? Let's see. Oh, Gina says, wow, clarity bomb. The energizing feeling is for me, not to convince them to feel like me. Thank you for this. Yes. What's the difference between selling and doing a launch? Um, This is a really simple answer, I think, is that launching is when you are only opening an offer um, for a limited period of time. So not everybody's going to be doing that. Not everyone's in the space of doing that. If you're selling one-on-one coaching, likely you're just selling your coaching. You're selling it all the time. You're nurturing your people all the time. You're taking care of your people all the time right? Unless you maybe have like one spot left and then you could do a big launch on that. But typically a launch is I offer this group or this mastermind or um, this program or this membership and it's only open during these times. This is the only time you can buy. So we open and we close and then you can't buy in between. And then in between, I just prepare you for buying. That's what a launching is. And not everyone loves that word. I always tell my mastermind, like, choose a different word if you don't love it. I don't have any thoughts about the word launching, um, but if you don't love the word, change it to something else. But it's really just like opening and closing specific 
times and dates, um, and then not people not buying in between. Typically, now there are other like 2K for 2K is an example. It's open all of the time. You can buy right now, but I also do marketing pushes for it where we call them launches and we might do a webinar or a week long event and I'll coach people and then we'll have like a special bonus for a limited time. Um, so there's a couple of different ways you can do it, but don't get caught up in the semantics. All right. All right, Mar Martha. Sorry, Martha Hoffman. Let's go. Hi. All right. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm fantastic. All right. Tell me about your demand. Um, okay. I am, I may, uh, okay. I left my workplace of 13 years in August. Okay. okay. So this format is new to me. Okay. Um, at year's end, I will have made about 30K for the learning for the new business. So good. good I've done you. that. Thank you. I've done that through a series of, I think, things that have been a bit random. And okay. I'm really trying to streamline things. Um, my, my next up focus is signing i'd like to sign six one-on-one -on -one teacher clients okay um yeah so i will launch that in the next couple of weeks um the speakeasy piece from last round was really helpful because yeah. i do think yeah. that's part of it and i'd rather think about it like that like i yeah. know i'm in demand i know they need what i can offer them i don't know that give them a very clear way to find you yeah yeah. And I have insecurity about having the ability to do that. Okay. So tell me, tell me about it. I think because uh, this new experience of being an entrepreneur is like, I feel so experienced and skilled in what I offer, right? Because I've been mm -hmm. doing it for nearly two decades. And even just the experience of being new to something is, I think, so uncomfortable that I get in my head about not having the same confidence that I have in other parts of my work. So I'm like, really think I, I think I'm making, I'm newer at sales and marketing more of a problem than it needs to be. And I'm aware of that. I've gotten to the awareness part, but then when I go to act, I still think I, I trip myself up. Who do you help? Teachers. Well, teachers and I have two audiences. So I also coach parents of kids that are, uh, that have, need special education services in that process. But right now my next push is teachers. Okay. For one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? You want six yes. teachers. Okay. And you come from the teaching world, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you this scenario. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So I want you to imagine that everyone from your old world knows who you are and what you do right now. They know you're a coach and they know you help teachers. I want you to imagine that every day you were getting five or six emails every single day asking how they can sign up and work with you all the time you're like oh my god six more came in today oh my god six more came in today oh my god how six, how am i gonna accommodate all these people they keep coming in they're like i don't care how much it is just tell me how to pay you i heard from so-and-so that you're amazing i've got to work with you mm. do you have room for me they were asking you do you have room for me can you make it happen 
just tell me what comes up when I ask you that. I feel when like I present that giddy. Yeah. There's like so much warmth in my chest and shoulders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when you said like, how much is it? I'll sign up. Like, how do I pay you? Like that piece. Yeah. Cause I get tripped up and like, how do I pay you? Afford it. Yeah. 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 Now, in that scenario, do you need to worry about your sales and marketing skills? Nope. Why? Because I'm already in demand. Right. Because if they say no, someone else will say yes. Because you get, you're getting six leads a day, right? Yep. So how would you show up if you're like, okay, like what would you do next if you were getting those six people? They're coming in and they're like, hey, listen. I really want to work with you. How do, what, where do I start? How do I do it? What would you say to them? Uh, I'd say, ah, what would I do? Wow. That's like so specific. And I know I should have an answer to that, but I'm like making it a thing. I would make it a thing right now. What are you going to do? I would say if I was in that much demand, I would say book the first call with me and I would get those on the calendar. So then folks could, by the end of that, I could tell them what it's all about. And by the end of that call, I'm set up that I could have them purchase. Yeah, that's it. And then they, they do that. They book the first call with you and they get, and you tell them that exact thing, those exact words. You're going to watch this back and see how confident and commanding you were. And this is how I work. This is how we do it. Right. Yep. Okay. Now you're going to, you have like 18 calls set up and you're like, okay. You're getting on the phone with the first person. Now what do you do? You're on the phone with them. This is what I offer. Yeah. This is, what the else? Result, this is the result you can expect. Okay. What else? Um, this is the cost. Okay. What else? Sign up. Sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like, you guys see that energy? Is everyone watching? Like, that's the energy. This is what it is. This is how much it costs. Sign up. Right? There's 18 consults, so even if half of them sign up, I'm still, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So you just don't need to tell yourself the story, I'm new at sales and marketing, because it doesn't matter. If you have demand, you could, you don't need to be good old at sales and marketing. I don't know. You don't need to be better at sales and marketing, right? If you have the demand and listen, I want to offer to all of you that you, the way that, like, I want you to just imagine the way you sell like this. Cause I teach, I teach this idea in 200 K. I teach this concept PSPR selling. Someone asked me to repeat this yesterday. So it's, it's talking to someone about their problem very clearly in a way that explains it better to them than they understand it themselves than telling them what the simple solution is to that. There's usually only a few things that's the solution. And then a few steps of a process that will help them achieve that, that will get them to that solution. And then the results that they will expect in their life or how they will be different after they do that. Right. That's PSPR selling. There is a huge difference when you're, when you're like, I don't know what my PSPR is. I'm so confused. I'm new at this versus there are 18 people signed up on a consult, right? 
listen, this is the problem I see with teachers. Here's, here's the solution. It's really simple. This is the process they walk you through and here's what you're going to expect to get afterwards. I have six spots available. It's this much price. When can we start? The energy is so different. You're completely calm. You're completely relaxed and you don't need anything from them. You're recognized. You're sitting in the truth and recognizing that they need something from you. And the sales call or the marketing is just explaining to them how to get what they need from you. Can I ask then what if this feel this feels it does land different? It feels good. And then there's like the second wave of which I know is silly drama, like the cost being the barrier. But it's not a barrier. Right? If you have 18 people and a couple of people don't buy, then somebody else will. Like, so it becomes less of an issue because consoles. the demand is so high. Huh? It becomes less of an issue because the demand is so high. Yeah. I believe. Right? I just want you to think about it. How would you approach it if you have 18 consults, people are reaching out to you every single day, how would you approach it if someone says, ooh, the price, what would you say? This investment in yourself is 100% worth it. I recognize, you know, money is real. I'm not just saying everybody has it lying around, but the investment is worth it. I hope that it works for you now or in the future if it's something you need to budget for. Boom. That's right. Right there. That's it. Yeah. Right? Like, this is what happens, though. This is, y'all, watch. Listen. Okay. The only difference that your brain wants to like go into is your brain thinks, but I can only be that way if I only, if I really have 18 consults, I don't, I've got to worry about my needs. What about me? Right? Who gives a shit? Your brain is like offering you really crappy thoughts in that moment. Right? And you're just like, nope, because that selling is what's going to sell people. Now your job is to just get those 18 consults coming in and you're going to do it so much easier when you're feeling calm and that's how you're operating the world. You got to watch this back. It's so amazing. That, that, this person, right? Who you are, when you really think about 18 people and how you would show up if that's what you had, that's the person that creates 18 consults. Yep. Right? Like you guys all have to sell as if you have unlimited demand. That's the only way you're going to make it comfortable and safe for people to buy. Yeah. If you sell, like this is the only consult I have in three months that I've had in three months. <laughs> it's not going to be comfortable for that person to buy. Nope. <laughs> okay. The leap to the to the sales piece is huge because I'm think I'm sitting here thinking if I have 18 consults on my calendar the next two weeks and I'm thinking about the cost of my 12 weeks one on one. If I have yeah. 18 people with six slots, like I'm holding strong with my cost or rate or price or raising it. Whereas right. if I'm in the space of this is my only consult all week, I'm like, should I lower it? Do I need to? Is it yeah. too? That yeah. that's a big shift Listen. that I have not thought about. 
this is the one genius thing I do in my mastermind is I, I typically coach my students really hard into loving the offer they have and then committing to not changing it for six months together. Because what happens is your brain, I call it the simple offer, right? You make it simple for your brain. Your brain is going to want to change your offer every which way. It's going to want to, it's going to, want to take the prices up, take the prices down, take the program longer, take it shorter. It's going to want to change the topic. It's going to change the people. It's going to want to change all the things to try to grasp on to feeling better about selling when people aren't buying. Instead of sticking with that offer and finding the belief in the demand that allows you to show up this way and then take action in a high value cycle to create it. Like people, the one person that shows up out of three months, they don't care that they're your only consult. They care. Can I, can you help me? And they care that you make it very comfortable for them to pay and to say yes, or to say no, they need to feel comfortable to say no too. And it, and you create such a space to, for them to feel comfortable to say no when you think you have 17 other people that are, you're going to speak to, right? Then you're like, oh, it's just a numbers game. I'm just finding the person that has the money on hand right now. I recognize that not everybody does. So if it's, if it's not you now, right? Like not everybody has $25,000 cash right now to sign up for 200K. So they better start budgeting for the next one. That's it. You either get the result now or you take it very seriously and you budget for it in the future. That's it. Yep. Right? I keep showing up regardless no matter what. Like this person, um, this person makes $100,000 very quickly. This person has a quiet mind. Mm. Like for, for all of you, especially if you haven't done my 2K program, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do it, especially if you haven't made the 25K or you don't have the 25K cash to pay for 200K, do the 2K program. But one of the things that I teach is calming your mind so that when you're on a consult, just like you communicated to me just now, your brain was quiet. Mm -hmm. It was focused on the other person. It was focused on thinking about it. You knew exactly what to say. When they're like, ooh, the price is kind of high, you're like, yeah, I recognize not everybody has this cash on hand, right? Like exactly what you said. I felt so comfortable with you. I was like, oh, she doesn't need me to buy. She's not going to, she doesn't even talk me out of it. And now I'd be like, well, wait, hold on, wait a minute. I didn't say I didn't have it on hand. I could probably take it out of a, an IRA. I could probably like ask my husband for it or my mom for it or my wife for it, right? I could get creative. I could probably like apply for PayPal credit or whatever, right? Like you give them the space to be like, wait, 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 hold on. Actually, maybe I do want this. When I signed up for my first life coach certification, I didn't have the money. I told my coach, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to get the money, but I'm going to get it because she didn't yeah. make a big deal about it. She didn't try to convince me. She was like, yeah, this is a big investment. Same. I didn't feel pressured and I definitely didn't have that first 10 K and I found it. Yeah. Yeah. And some people won't, and that'll be okay too. The, yeah. the goal for all of you is that if you're selling, your brain is calm and, and not screaming at you while you're doing it so that you can be focused on thinking about other people. And what do I need to say to them? What do they need to hear? How do I need to create, like, what, how do I, they need to feel? What's, how can I create a safe space for them to feel excited and to get excited and also to feel okay if it's a no, right? How do I create safety for them and excitement for them? Mm -hmm. 
Can I do that by having a clear mind and a clear heart and just being there, believing in my demand that if this person isn't it, someone else is going to show up and be it. Yeah. But there's like a very practical piece that I was missing before where it's like, it's one thing for us to say that here. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. It's another thing. What I wrote down on the last person being coached was like, to take the time to get in that feeling before I do any work and then keep yeah. finding that feeling. That's the work. Like very practically, yeah. like 15 minutes before a consult yeah. or before I sit down to write, it's yeah. like actually carving that out in my calendar instead of yeah. skipping that step is, yeah. is he said miss. It's so important. I do in 2k, we have a, um, I don't know if you're in or not, but we have a pre-consult worksheet where it's like, literally a worksheet that walks you in to calm and sufficiency before you get on a call because it's so important, right? But you have it here. You know where you need to be, yep. right? It's such an important place to be just to take the time to do it. And I've been there before, but I don't think I knew why. Like sometimes yeah. I've gotten into that space ahead of time and then wondered why did that bomb? Why did this one go well? And I wasn't connecting that this was why. Yeah, this is it being in that space before yeah. going into that work. Yeah. Okay. You got to be able to say it exactly how you said it to me, to your client. Yep. And that if there are no, not freak out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause then how you problem solve and what you do to go, you're like, okay, I got to go get more consults. I thought that yep. was going to be the yes, but it's not. So I'm going to go get more. Yep. Other than rather than spiraling into freeze. Oh my yes. God, sign up, which is right. what I would previously have done. Right. So all of you that are, that are listening, pay attention to that. How much, when we're thinking about high value and low value cycles, how much time are you in the spin out and the freak out and all of that? If you hear a no, or if you're halfway through your launch and people aren't buying versus what would be different if you were believing in your demand that 18 more people are coming, that you have the power to create that. What would be different in the t the work time that you actually spend working? It'd be so much more higher value, right? That's the only difference. The time that I spend between things is just so valuable. Yeah, you're spending the time one way or another. It's just do it. Yes. Shitty stuff or do high value stuff. It's just more miserable when uh -huh. you're not believing in your demand. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I want you to watch this. We're going to send the replay out today. I want you to watch this back because I want you to see yourself when you're in that space. It's really powerful. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. Listen, that is our call for today. Let me catch up with the comments really quick. Uh, let's see. I'm so pumped to make 25K in the new year so I can apply and get into the 200K mastermind. Let's effing go. I have what I need from this webinar. So good. Yes. Um, is a consult, a sales call. Yeah. Whatever you guys want to call it. Um, and it's not to find out if the person can afford it. It's to present them your offer and let them choose whether to afford it or not in a really powerful way. Um, the pre-consult worksheet is gold. Yes. She was so confident. Yes, she was. Um, okay. Um, I'll go through the comments before our next call. And tomorrow we're going to talk about trans, like what you do, I almost said transformation, <laughs> troubleshooting, what you do when you're believing, we've already started talking about it, but what will you do when you're believing, but you're like, yeah, but I didn't hit my goal in my launch. What do you do in that space? Like how you spend your time matters. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Also remember, 
for those of you, I've been told there's a lot of you that are on this training who are qualified for 200K and you're not in 2K, right? If that's you, I want to offer that if you apply today, you guys all have the opportunity to apply for 200K ahead of the masses, ahead of our open enrollment. You can do it right now. It's www.stacybayman.com forward slash create 200K. If you apply, get accepted, make your payment before midnight tonight, I'm going to give you 2K for 2K for free which is a $2,000 product and you get lifetime access because I don't want it to be the barrier where you're like, well, here's my plan. I'm going to do 2K for 2K. Then I'm going to join 200K in August because that will be our next enrollment. You have to wait till August of 2023. And if you're at the place where you've made 25K in your business, you are ready for advanced selling concepts. You are ready to do this work on a regular basis for six months straight in a container. This is what we focus on all of the time. And we layer on, we focus on the different high value cycles. We troubleshoot the launches. We get really good at writing PSPR copy, right? Speaking to your client in that format, problem, solution, process, result, right? When you speak to them that way, it's so much clearer for them what they're getting. Right? You get to do all of those things and you're not having this barrier in the way like do not stall your growth because you need a couple of foundational things. You just get those things quickly and then you move on. That's what I would do. Right, So you can do the consultation um, process. You can look at overcoming objections. You can have the consult worksheet to walk you through into sufficiency before you get on a consult. You can have all of that. You want to just use exactly what you need and then you move into the 200K process so that you're compounding your, your um, investment and making more money quickly. We want to get you, like, listen, if you're at 25K, the faster we can get you to 200K, the better. You don't want to delay that process. I always say the fastest way to believe you can make money is to make money. Well, the fastest way to believe you can make 200K is to make 200K. Someone was telling me um, in my team yesterday, they're like, it's like they want to get on the train and they just want to keep going. Don't get off on any stops, right? Don't take any breaks. Don't wait around for the next train. Get on the train, go straight to 200K. That is what I did in my business and it's why I'm making millions now is I didn't dawdle, I didn't delay making the 200K, making the 500K. Someone asked yesterday if you're at 200K, if you want to go straight into a $2 million group, you have to be at 500K to get into $2 million group. So you want to join, there is an actual, so we have in 200K breakout sessions and um, small groups where we um, break, we put you into groups based on your income. So if you're going to be with all the 100K earners or all the 200K earners or all the 400K earners, you'll be in those groups so that when you're masterminding, you're all talking about what you're doing and that's relevant to where you are in your business. But we, we created a really high barrier for $2 million group because I only want people going in there who are making a million dollars that next year. And, and that it, it's on, they're on track and it makes sense for them. So they're at 500K, all they have to do is double, they're going to a million, they already have their offers in place for what they're gonna take to a million. Um, and if you don't, we do that work in 200K. We create your first, your simple offer that you're gonna make 200K with, and then, and that might be group, that might be one-on-one, -on -one, but then we look at, okay, what's the offer you're gonna take to, to a million and two million, we create that offer in there first and then you sell it, you get your proof of concept and then you go to scale it in $2 million group. So I hope that's really helpful, but I really believe in protecting people's investments. I really believe in not having you guys, there's a difference between like 
I don't want you guys to overinvest, but I also don't want you, and overinvesting to me is you're just truly not like at 200K, you go into the $2 million group, but you're not ready to make a million dollars. That would be an over an investment. But I also don't want you guys sitting around waiting to make investments until it's, until you get other foundational stuff. Cause you could literally like, listen, you could spend all day, all day, every day, all of your time working on foundational things improving your consults. You could endlessly improve your consults or you could improve your consults in 2K and then you could just make really awesome, amazing copy, work on your brain and sell at such a higher level that you walk easily into 200K, right? Like I see people do that. I was trying to think of an analogy the other day um, and now I've forgotten it, but I'll try to remember it for tomorrow. But like you really don't want to just like delay the investments you need. You want to get them as soon as you need them take advantage of them and then move into the next one. That's what I've done in my business all the way up until $10 million plus, And it's what I'm doing. Are y'all ready? Day three. I was just thinking this morning, it feels like it's already been a week and it's only been a couple of days. So we still have so much more coaching to do and so much work on this very, very, very important belief that you are in demand. I really want my greatest hope for you is by the end of this week that you truly understand that whether or not you have demand in your business or not right now, whether you are selling your offers out and whether you are getting, you're able to raise your prices, book your one-on-one, sell out those groups, that all of that is dependent on how you show up every day to your business with the belief I am in demand, that that is what actually creates the demand. And I will also say, I want you guys to know this very deeply, that some of you might think, okay, so I'm going to have to believe I have demand for a very long time and work really hard, and then I'll start getting clients. And I want to offer that it's twofold, right? There is the work that you will do to bring, to basically turn your light on in your business and say, hey, we're open. And we have what you want and people and get the line coming, right? There's that work that you'll always be doing. But then there is also the work of just aligning yourself with the people who are already in your sphere and ready to work with you. But there's something different about you when you show up as a, as a coach in demand than when you don't. And you don't have access to selling those people that could buy right now from you this week, today, Right? Some of you are doing consults and you're not closing them. And we, we, I think it was the second person that we coached, we talked about that. Like the idea of who are you when you're getting maybes on a call. When you are a coach that's in high demand, you're going to get a lot less maybes. People understand they need to make a decision. And now is the time to make that decision because you are in demand. And there is a possibility that they may not get to work with you if they don't say yes right now. Versus when you're not in demand and you're not believing in your in demand and you're kind of convincing them and talking to them and, and you're not holding that same power and strength of if you really were in demand, if you only had one spot left and six consults, how would you do your consult? Like, listen, I have one spot left. It's this much. You just pay in full and you have to make a decision before other people do, right? Like, do you guys ever watch Million Dollar Listing? It's one of my favorite shows where they're like, listen, we've had this many offers. You have five minutes to get me a, an offer in writing that's higher than this price, right? And they're selling based on the demand of the market, right? 
I'm not saying that you use those tactics and you say those things, especially when they're not true, but I want you to figure out who you are and how you sell and how you present your offer and how you show up every day in your business when you believe that is your reality and when you treat yourself in that way, when you treat your time, when you treat your interactions with other people as if you are a in-demand coach, as if people are demanding to work with you. The way you take your time is much more seriously. You don't spend five to six hours writing an email. You're like, I'm going to write this one email and I'm going to send it out right now. And it's just going out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about it. I'm not going to spend out endless hours coaching myself on it, right? I'm just going to write an email. Someone asked what copy is. Copy is the words you write in your email, right? The actual words you say. Those words change when you believe you are in demand, they, and it may be ever so slightly, but they do change. I can read through someone's emails when they're not believing they're in demand and I can find out their thoughts. I can literally read it and see what their thoughts are based on the words they're saying, right? So I really want to challenge you to think of yourself in that way and know that there's going to be access to immediate yeses because of that. The energy about you shifts and changes, and then you're going to create, like everyone's always asking me about wait lists, right? It's really easy to create a wait list and know exactly, like this goes back to the first person I think I coached, Zill, right? It's so easy to figure out what to do and how to implement a waitlist and to not get stuck in the like, well, what do I do? And how do you, how should I do this? And how should I do that? When you actually have a, a line of people waiting up to work with you, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then you don't spend a lot of time in this decision fatigue and an indecision, right? So, so much, your time is just used so much more powerfully, right? And that's what we want to do here this week. That's what I do with my 200K mastermind is get the actions you're taking, the, the value you're putting out in the world, get you in your daily work performing at a higher level, not massive out energetic output. I'm saying that your brain thinks clearer, thinks more strategically, is in deeper belief. Your body feels better when you sit down to work. You feel inspired, compelled. You feel um, productive. You feel purposeful, right? For me, it's purposeful. Like, I just feel purposeful. I know exactly what I'm going to do today. I know it's, I'm going to, I have it on my calendar, and I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to be done with work. And then I'm going to go move on to my next purpose of my day, and I'm going to spend time with my family. And there's not a lot of mental, like, garbage happening in the in-between, right? All of the mental garbage, that's what sucks away your sales. That's what takes away from, that's what creates maybes. That's what creates yeses and then noes where they either don't pay or they back, or they back out after they've paid and started, right? All of that, it just makes you a little less effective for every consult, a little less effective for every sales email you write, a little less effective for every call you do with your with your clients or your students, whatever you call them, right? So that's what I want you to, to really see is the difference of how you behave, how you operate, what you produce, and how purposeful you are, how compelled you are when you are believing you are in demand. So we're going to do a quick exercise before we dive into the coaching. I told you that we're going to do an exercise. So I've, I've been trying to think of what I want to call this, but I want to call this the unintentional sales pitch, all right? I do this with all of my students at every single level, it's so important that you think about this. So, and, and some of you are like a little bit like you, some of you are engaging a lot. I have a Q&A that I can see. I have it turned off for you guys because I just don't want it to be distracting, but I can see it. So you can either comment in the Q&A 
or you can write it on paper. It helps if I can see it because then I can address certain things. But I want you to write down, and it might take you a couple seconds. That's fine. Like, write them as soon as they, like, just whatever thoughts come out immediately. But you're going to write down all of the thoughts you have that negate your demand or why you think people aren't demanding your offer. Okay? So that could be, um, well, they're not here yet. That could be, um, you know, I, I don't know. Someone um, wrote in the chat yesterday. I've been downloading the chat so I can see anything I missed after our calls. Someone said that they think they might be priced too high. Like at what point is it just that you're not believing in your demand? And at what point do you just not have your price set right in the marketplace to create demand? Seems like a lovely thought. It's just another thought. To, it's really just another way to say, I don't believe in my price. Like, I don't think people demand me at this price. I am in demand means I am in demand for the offer I'm selling right now at the price point that I'm selling, right? So what are the thoughts that you have? All right, my email sequence is not complete. It's not clear enough. I'm not compelling enough and they're not enough pain. My audience doesn't want coaching. I'm not making enough money. They haven't had a chance to meet me yet. My offer is nice to have. It's not life or death. Um, it's not specialized in a specific area. Okay, this is enough for me to do this exercise. Okay, are you ready? All right, I want to offer that all of these thoughts that you all think, these are just sentences that your brain offers you. I know they feel like they might be true, but I wanted you to just try on the idea that your brain is offering you a sentence that just scrolls across your brain and you're like, oh, I never thought that before, but that's probably true. Right? Our brains are the worst identifiers of truth in the world. I promise you, whatever we see and how we see it, how we see our past, how we see our future, it's all wrong. Right? Whatever our brain is automatically offering us. And sometimes even when it feels good, a thought could feel good and your brain offers it, but if it's not creating the result you want, it's not an, a sentence you want to keep saying to yourself, which goes back to, um, I was coaching one of the ladies um, who coaches parents of children with autism, right? She wants to stop saying the sentence, they're not here yet because it feels so crappy to her. And then she goes to create re more results that make her feel crappy when she's thinking that thought 60% of her day, right? All right, so here's here's the deal, y'all. I, I want you to, like, hopefully by now you personally have all of your sentences. It might be more than one, okay? Whatever those sentences are, that make you feel like you aren't in demand and that you cannot get a line of people waiting for your sale for to buy from you, waiting to um, take you up on your offer, right? Whatever that, whatever, when I say you are in demand and people are lined up waiting for you, whatever feels like, yeah, but that can't be true because all of those sentences are your unintentional sales pitch. Okay. I'm going to do this with my own, I'm going to give you, I'm going to use your sentences, but I'm going to use them as if I was pitching to you. Okay. So I want you to imagine that I'm selling you my 200K mastermind. Okay. And I want you to imagine that this is how I sell it to you. I really think you should join 200K master, mastermind. Now, I don't really know how to say the, the persuasive um, words and I'm kind of struggling in this waiting place. Um, and I know that this, this, this um, training was free, um, and so you might not want to pay because you attended a free training, because I, I don't think you want to spend the money. And, my, and really, it's, 200K, is, it's nice, but it's not life or death, right? Like, I think that that's probably what you think. It's just like, you need something life or death. 
and I'm not really making enough money for you to be inspired by 200K Mastermind. You know, in fact, I'm not even sure you want coaching. I don't think it's compelling enough. You're probably not in enough pain. And I don't know if my offer is clear enough for you. I mean, for sure, my email sequence isn't complete. Um, and if too many of you want the offer, I'm going to be overwhelmed. So don't, like, not too many of you. Don't, not too many of you. Um, and, and I'm not sure if I'm doing the right things that would make you want to buy 200K. Um, and you might not be ready now. It could be too expensive. And really, I'm not even sure if you understand. Do you all get my drift? <laughs> Listen, here's what I do when I do this with my students. I make them come up with their whole entire paragraph.